tonight we, the scripture that I was given was, um, was 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 20. Um, so I'll just read that now. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on, God, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Um, so, currently Blueprint is in its third week of a 10-week series centred around Pentecost. Two weeks ago, Scotty spoke from Acts 2, which describes the events that took place on the day of Pentecost. The coming of God's Spirit that day was the start of drastic changes for the early church. It marked the transition where God no longer was dwelling in temples, but dwelling in people. We're no longer just Jewish people, but everyone was invited to participate in the unfolding story of Jesus. This moment in history was a pivotal point, marking where Jesus, although he was no longer on earth with us, yet um, God's spirit was, was in us, making us Christ's body, calling us to be his ambassadors for this ministry of reconciliation. And it is these events of Pentecost which frame this ministry of reconciliation. Um, so firstly, these, these events um, frame it by demonstrating that um, reconciliation is only a possibility by the coming of God's Spirit. Pentecost, the coming of God's Spirit, was a total game changer. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead was gifted to the people of God not just the early church, but us, the church today. The same power and spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that is alive in us, God's church, bringing to life and remembering all things. It is that spirit that backs this message and ministry of reconciliation that Paul talks about in this letter. This is vital to the rest of this corridor tonight because we need God's Spirit to enable this ministry of reconciliation. This reality both shows our deep need for God and also liberates us from carrying the burden of something that we could never achieve on our own. So, empowered by God's Holy Spirit, we, as the body of Christ, are called to collectively carry out this ministry. 
and be ambassadors for Christ, wherever we are, whoever we're with. Reconciliation does not have a particular expression or only happens in particular, particular places. Instead, we are called to join in with God's Spirit, trusting that God longs for all things to be reconciled and is always at work reconciling creation to God's self. So just as reconciliation is only a possibility by the coming of God's Spirit, we also can't have reconciliation without the cross. Uh, verse 18 from, from this passage says, All of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Through Christ, a way has been made for all people to be reconciled to God. As Rose mentioned last week, Jesus is not just a teacher, he is our saviour and our reconciler. Reconciliation with God is not something that we can just be taught to do and then do for ourselves at some point, but something that we, we de desperately need Jesus for. Verse 14 and 15 from the Message Translation puts it like this. One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life. A resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. In Jesus, the perfect example of reconciliation is revealed. When Christ died, we all died with Christ. Our old lives nailed to the cross in order that we may be raised just as Christ was, that we may live just as Christ is living. This is reconciliation between us and God, where we are invited to no longer be in hiding, but to be seen and to be fully known to receive the forgiveness extended to us from God, where we are invited to make our home in God and for God to dwell in us. Yet whether we choose this or not is always up to us. Do we choose to be seen and to not hide ourselves from God? A big thing for me personally over the last couple of years has been the idea of how um, important internal reconciliation is. And a few weeks ago, um, I had been reflecting on the idea of God being our home, uh, our, our safe place, our place of belonging, our place of acceptance. Um, and I was then struck um, by the idea that God is not just our home in, in an external way, but that God actually makes God's home in us that God dwells in us and lives in us. I was really struck by this because from this picture and idea, I imagined what it would entail if I chose to make my home in some place. Um, I was kind of imagining that if I were to make my home in some place, I would probably fully assess the grounds and like, you know, walk around and like really know what was going on. And whether I, was like, yeah, every part is like great or not, I would like, in order to choose to make my home there, um, even if not every part of the land was in ideal form, um, 
there is like a part of making home somewhere that fully embraces what is. Um, and so imagining God doing this with me, seeing all that I am and choosing to dwell in me has been really deeply um, transformative. This idea of fully knowing the place that you will call home has allowed me to receive in a new and deeper way the knowing that God fully embraces who I am and calls me a beloved child of God. And so if we really believe that the old has gone, the new has come, then that totally changes everything. If God now dwells in us, if we can actually receive that, it means that our old lives, the fears and everything that we were enslaved to, no longer have to dictate the future. We no longer need to be compelled by a spirit of fear or shame, fear of rejection, fear of being called out, fear of not being worthy or not being loved. No longer are we bound by those fears or the titles that the world places on us because we are first found in Jesus. We are first and foremost identified as a beloved child of God. As we receive God's Spirit and are invited to participate in a life founded on God's goodness and grace and generosity, from that place and that reality, God calls us to, to be compelled from the knowing that we are loved wholly and completely. That nothing in this world can deny, undermine, or shake that. And therefore, from that place, this not only transforms us individually, but transforms the lens from which we see the world, informing how we interact and live in the world. And that leads me into the final point um, around we are to be Christ's ambassadors to live out this ministry of reconciliation. Jesus perfectly exemplifies the path of reconciliation, inviting us first to receive. However, we see clearly in Paul's letter to the, um, to the Corinth church that this isn't something that should just stop with us internally. Instead, as we're being transformed, God calls us to no longer live for ourselves, but for God. Allowing our newfound standing in God to transform the way we live, becoming Christ's ambassadors for this ministry. Verse 16 says, So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. As we have received this liberation and hospitality from God, liberated from the old and now defined by God's love for us in Christ, we are called to see others in the same light. This is no easy challenge as everyone of us who loves carries wounds. Yet God calls us as the body of Christ collectively to see God within the other and call out the best in all of creation. Jesus came into this world 
to reconcile us to God and one another, to draw us closer where we were separated. Christ calls us to no longer see each other from a worldly point of view, but to see God and the other, so that we would forgive one another and be reconciled. As the body of Christ, we choose to let go of ourselves to be part of a bigger whole, to be part of the body of Christ and the family of God. Yeah, and I think, um, just going off my notes a little bit, but I think like the story that you shared, Esme, was so beautiful and like really reflects that heart. Um, and I really like what you said around seeing the humanity in someone and being able to see the humanity in someone. I think um, that's like this call in action. Um, and like what Richard said before as well, like as we come around and say, peace be with you as the body of Christ, um, actually getting to participate in that action um, is pretty beautiful. Um, yeah, and I guess your story kind of leads into this last part um, where the call to be reconciled to God and to one another goes beyond this family as the body of Christ. Um, as the body of Christ, we love each other because it's for a bigger purpose. Um, just as Christ invites us to be family with all of those that turn to God, Christ calls us to be his ambassadors or representatives, um, to hold that invitation open to all those that have not yet received that reconciliation with God. Just as we are invited to no longer hide from God, we are invited to no longer hide from the world. Um, Rose talked about this in the Vision Sunday talk about being Christ's ambassadors means allowing ourselves to be seen and known by the world as follow, followers of Jesus, as, as Christ's people. The message and ministry of reconciliation is costly and the metrics of who we are called to love, to serve, to forgive, and the way in which that is done are transformed. Yeah, and I, I think, I just like so want to point to your story, because eh? I just was like really um, moved by that, and just the metrics in terms of like political standings, or um, any kind of groups that um, this world we can like put people into, um, that those are shattered, and who we are called to love, um, and serve, and forgive, and listen to. Are completely transformed. Um, yeah, we totally need God's spirit for that. Um, yeah, and yeah, as I've been a part of our own community, um, I have been able to see God's work in big ways and just in seemingly little ways over cups of soup or one night when we had people of different ages and backgrounds sitting around the table and then throwing a tennis ball around the living room um, afterwards. Like, that's reconciliation right there. That's, that's the work of reconciliation. Um, and so...
last point that I that kind of leads on from that is just around hospitality and um, hospitality, both the act, the action and the spirit of having arms wide, arms open, um, prevents us as a family of God from becoming a club um, and constantly challenges us to make room at God's table. Um, the act of hospitality asks us to reflect on the generous and radical hospitality we have received from God and to invite others to join this whānau as well. Yeah. I had a bit more, but I think I'm going to stop there and just kind of like bring the worship team wants to come up. And there's just this beautiful quote from Henri Nouwen, um, which I feel like, yeah, sums up both the internal work that goes on um, and then where that propels us to externally. Um, yeah, and I, I just, after I've read the quote, just invite you to, I guess, maybe reflect on what maybe God is inviting you to receive, whether that's a deeper knowing of God's hospitality, um, and then how that might influence um, where that leads us and our kind of external workings of that. Um, so yeah, the quote is from Wounded Taylor, and it says, his appearance in our midst has made it undeniably clear that changing the human heart and changing hum human society are, not, are no separate tasks, but are interconnected uh, as the two beings of the I'll say that again. Um, his appearance in our midst has made it undeniably clear that changing the human heart and changing human society are no separate tasks, but are as interconnected as the two beings of the